Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Seek First Podcast. I'm Rick Brown. We talk about everything here, life, seeking God, biblical truth, today's culture, and whatever is on my guest's radar to unpack. We want to understand what is happening around us. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Take a minute to subscribe to the The Lord put an awesome word on my heart, and, and you know, as Pastor Rick asked me to preach last minute, I'm like, man, I don't even know if I can take this on. I'm like, I got, I got the movie going on. I got you know, the Israel video I'm trying to cut together for everybody, and it's like turned into this. It feels like a documentary to me because I'm piecing this thing together, and then I've got everything going on in ministry in the film, and I'm like, man, I'm just so busy in my life. Like, I don't know if I could take this on. I don't know if I could preach. When, people, when Rick asked me to preach, I'm like, man, everything has to stop because I wanna make sure that when I take this pulpit, I'm doing a proper job to be able to preach God's word. And I felt just so busy and I'm thinking, Lord, what do you want, for, what do you want, what do you want me to preach on? And then he brought me to Luke chapter 10, this beautiful story of Martha and Mary and Jesus. And so guys, if you can, please open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. It's a beautiful beautiful story. And if you've heard it before, you know, I, I know that tonight you're going to get something different. So we're passing out Bibles. If you need a Bible, please raise your hand. The sermon, uh, the title of my sermon is called Jesus Focused Harmony. Okay. And so we're going to be studying this concept of busyness, spiritual discipline, harmonizing, balance, all of these things that we, we, we need to hear right now because life is so hectic. It's so chaotic. And especially in 2023 with everything that is going on and living in America, we're so fast paced with our lifestyle that I think we all need this word. So if you could please stand for the reading of the word. Luke chapter 10, we're gonna pick up in verse 38. Okay. And it says this, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, talking about Jesus. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. Man, when Jesus says your name twice, you gotta be like, ooh, woman. <laughs> you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you can speak boldly through me tonight, Lord, that the congregation and everybody watching online can get a different perspective on this story, Lord. Life is so chaotic, but we can find peace with you, Lord. Help us prioritize what is the most important things in our life. And that is you, Lord, following you, strengthening our relationship with you, Lord. So I ask tonight that my flesh could step aside and that you could speak freely through me, Lord. I pray that something miraculous and remarkable can happen tonight through your words. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, you guys can be seated. So just to give a little context on what's going on here, Jesus is traveling around and he is going into the village of Bethany. 
And a woman named Martha welcomes him into the home with all of his disciples. And her sister Mary is there, who is the woman who actually cleaned Jesus' feet with the costly perfume and with her hair. And their brother Lazarus, who was the man that got raised from the dead by Jesus during the climax of his healing ministry. They're all siblings and Jesus is friends with them and they invite him in, right? And Martha's got the house. She's, she's the entertainer of the village, right? She's, she's the cook. She's, she's balling out of control. She's got the house. She always welcomes people in and she invites Jesus in, right? And she wants to make everything perfect for Jesus and his disciples. And I don't blame her. I, I can relate a lot to Martha and I can relate a lot to Mary. And some people I say, are you a Mary, are you a Martha? And, and I can relate to both things. And I think you guys can as well. And to look at Mary, I love this. And it says, who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. It wasn't that Mary was lazy and wasn't chipping in to, to help serve. She was just she was prioritizing the most important thing, which is sitting at the feet of Jesus and eagerly listening to the words that he was preaching with devotion, with contemplation. And this was the posture of Jewish rabbis back in the day. If you were to study under a rabbi back in the day and they took you on as a student, they would invite you to sit at their feet when they would teach. And so it was, a, it was a great honor to be able to be accepted by a rabbi and to be invited to sit at the feet of the person that was teaching. And I love this in verse 40, it says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And I can just picture this. I can just picture this, this image of Martha who's in the kitchen and she's, she's making some fish sticks and some tuna sandwiches and she's, she's working and she's just looking over there and she's like, what is Mary doing over there just talking to Jesus? Why don't you come help me? Help me. I could use another set of hands over here, Mary. <laughs> and she's getting frustrated with the fact that Mary is not helping her. The more she looks over to Mary, the more frustrated she gets and... She gets to the point where she approaches Jesus and she says, she tells Jesus to tell Mary to come help her. I'm like, that is bold. You're gonna go to the, the creator of the world and you're gonna tell him to tell Mary to come help you in the kitchen while he's spitting biblical fire bars over there in the, in the corner. Like that is some bold stuff. And <laughs> this word distracted that Martha has, she's, she's, this translates in the context of this is twisted emotionally and mentally twisted. And then she has the audacity to, to kind of get frustrated in a way with the Lord. Hey, tell Mary to help me. And Martha is wanting to serve with good intent, but she forgets the most important thing that you could possibly do in that situation. You have the creator of the universe, God incarnate in a human right there in your living room and you're forgetting to sit at his feet and you're so caught up and something that really doesn't mean a lot. She had become distracted and had taken her eyes off of Jesus. And I love Jesus' response here. He responds, he responds with truth out of love gently, but it is an, kind of a clap back from Jesus. And he says, she is worried and distracted about many things while Mary has chosen the better part. 
and he says this. He says, prioritizing, Mary's prioritizing spending time with Jesus and learning from him, and she forgets to be, sorry, Mary is spending time with Jesus because she's protecting her non-negotiables, right? The non-negotiables in our life should always be aligned with Jesus, okay? And so whether your non-negotiables are Sunday service, Saturday night service, devotionals in the morning, or your life group midweek, whether that's men's Bible studies or women's Bible studies or young adults or youth. These are the non-negotiables in our life that we have to protect at all costs. And so for me, I'm thinking about how I'm relating to the story. And I, I think I'm so much I'm like, I just recently had a bunch of people over to watch the NBA finals over at my house. It was the Nuggets. I'm from Colorado, so the Denver Nuggets made it to the championship. I was so stoked. I'm like, finally, they make it to the championship. I'm gonna throw a party. I'm gonna have everybody over, and I just got this new Blackstone griddle that I am so excited to cook some burgers on. I'm gonna be serving everybody. I'm gonna be helping. So I got a ton of people coming to my apartment, and I'm cooking cheeseburgers, and I got vegetables on the griddle. I got everything going on this griddle and I'm, I'm, people are coming into my apartment. I'm like, hey, can I get you something to drink? I'm an entertainer just like my parents and my parents, they're the best entertainers so I got it from them. And I'm like, if you're gonna come to my place for a little party, I'm gonna make sure you are good. I'm gonna make sure that I am serving you and I am hospitable towards you. And so I'm, I'm in this, I'm cooking it up. People are coming in. And then Dom, who's the director of our youth program here at the church, he, he yells out to me. He's like, hey, Garrett, man, what are you doing? You're, you're missing the game, bro. And I'm like, what? And I'm, I, I'm like, I snap out of it. I'm like in this autopilot. I'm like, oh, and I go in, and I look at the TV, and it's like the fourth quarter already. I already missed 75% of the game because I was so worried about serving everyone and making sure that everybody was good, but I forgot about the most important element to that whole night, which was watching the thing that I cared most about in that moment, which was watching my team win the NBA finals. And, and I'm thinking about how this can relate. And I'm like, man, that is exactly how our lives can be. The busyness of life with the chaos and the distractions, it can, it can divert us. It can distract us from the thing that's most important and the things that we should be doing, which is to be sitting at the feet of Jesus and to just be in his presence and to be silent with everything that's going on. Sometimes, guys, we just got to sit there in silence. I'm one that I'm always, I got, always got like a podcast in, my headphones on, I'm on a walk, I'm, I'm always listening to something, I'm always consuming something and the Lord just spoke to me through this. He's like, Garrett, sometimes you just, gotta, you just gotta disconnect from all of that and you just gotta sit in silence and hear from me. How are you gonna be hearing from me if you're constantly having something in your, in your ear and you're listening to the podcast? And those are all good things and God can speak to you through those things. But sometimes it's so important to sit there in silence and hear from the Lord. This term being in the quiet place with the Lord I hope everybody knows what that means. And, and I recently, you know, past year, I've been really reflecting on this, this concept of the quiet place. What does that mean? It means a place 
that is separated from all the chaos in your life, a place that is designated for you to go deeper into scripture without the noise, without the chaos, where you get into the word and you pray and you supplicate and you repent and you worship. And this is a place that you wanna be and protect. That should be a non-negotiable in your life, this idea of a quiet place. It's so hard to to get away from everything, whether you have kids or whether you have a crazy household or sometimes people are pulling you every which way, but to have that time that you protect is so important. And I wanna get into this idea that, you know, nobody is in charge of your personal growth and your relationship with the Lord except for you. Nobody's in charge of that. I hear it all the time, guys, all the time. People are always saying this is just like, I don't feel like I'm getting fed at this church. I, I don't feel like I'm getting fed through the, the, the sermons or my life group. I'm, I'm not, I don't really feel like I'm getting fed here. Oh, the worship, it just, it just didn't really do it for me. I don't know. I just don't really feel like nobody is in charge of your personal growth. Guys, we have no excuses. We have so many great churches all around. I know this church is amazing, but there's a lot of churches, a lot of great pastors and with our technology, there's no excuse to be able to find people online and sermons to meditate on. And I'm getting into logos and blue letter Bible and comparisons and word studies and, and actually studying the Bible, which is what we should do. We're not supposed to just read this Bible. I've said this over and over. It's not something you read. This is something you study with a cap on, that thinking cap on where you're digging deep. You're slowing down. You're meditating like a cow eats grass and eating it and chewing on it, getting the nutrients and spitting it back up and then eating it again and chewing it. That's meditating, that illustration, meditating on God's word. That's how it's, that's how it's supposed to be done. We have the upper hand, guys, with 2023, with our technology. It's unbelievable. I think about the... Back in the day, man, it was so hard to get the word of God. People didn't even have scrolls. And then you got to find a rabbi that can speak your language and read this and then translate it into your language that you can understand to just hear something. And their dedication, their drive to be able to understand it. And we have it in our phones now, 2023. There should be no excuses. We should, we should know more about scripture than everybody did in the past. We should be sharp. But yet for some reason, it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like that because the enemy is so smart and they've used that tool to distract us from what God wants to use to be able to grow your relationship. The enemy uses it to pull you away from him. And I love this strive to have a Jesus-focused harmony. Guys, it's a harmony. It's a balance in life. I understand you, you, you have obligations, but it's about harmonizing them, knowing your priorities in life, right? And I'm not talking to the single mom with four kids and all, all of the distress and the busyness that comes out of that. I'm not talking to you on this one. And if that's you, I, I, I want you to come forward and we can be there for you and pray. That's what church community is for. This, this sermon is for everybody else, okay? I wanna make that clear. So my first slide is prioritizing your schedule. Now this story such a reminder of the importance of balancing out activities according to our non-negotiables. I'm not saying neglect all your duties, but rather you have to seek the right priorities and finding moments of stillness and protecting that at all costs. 
And I have so many people that come up to me and I feel, I feel it's like it rips me apart when people say this. Hey man, why don't you come out to church with me on Saturday? You wanna come out? You wanna come see me preach? Oh man, I'm just so busy. I got, I got this going on, I got that. Are, are you even going to church anymore, bro? Oh man, I just, the pastor of my old, I just don't really, I'm not. It's like all of these excuses, it rips my heart out. It's just this excuse after excuse. And I, and, I, and I want to be there for those people, but it's like we have this wave of, of people that they just have all of these excuses on why they can't prioritize the Lord when that should be the most important thing to each and every Christian. You have to set a time of rest and reflection drawing near. I, I love, I had a mountain bike and I'm so sad I sold it. I shouldn't have done that. I had a mountain bike that uh, I was going mountain biking all the time in these hills right here. And I would go mountain bike and I'd go to this spot that just looked over the Camarillo Valley that was just so beautiful. I always had a podcast in with my, with my headphones. I was like, at the time I was listening to screw tape letters and I'm listening to this audio book and I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is the, most cra- is the craziest thing to listen to on my bike with my jaw dropped about C.S. Lewis, about how the enemy distracts us and tempts us and leads us down the path of destruction. But I unplugged and I sit down on this bench that overlooks the entire canyon. I just remember, unlo- and, I'm, and I'm just sitting there and it's in silence and I'm in his creation I'm noticing certain things about nature and I'm just still and I'm silent and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, Lord, I'm right here. Where do you want me? What, what do you want me to do? How can you please guide me, Lord? And having that stillness with no distractions and unplugging from everything, you can really start to decipher where God wants you in life. God, what are you trying to teach me in this chapter of my life? Maybe you're heading into a new journey, a new career. You got kids on the way. There's always new things. Lord, I need your guidance through this. I'm gonna slow down, disconnect, and I want you to guide the ship here. I love this in Psalm 46, 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Recognize his sovereignty over everything, over every struggle, over every trial, over every tribulation in your life. He is sovereign over it. Always remind yourself of that. And I don't think that Luke placed this portion of scripture, uh, I don't think it was a coincidence how he aligned this because this story comes directly after the Good Samaritan story. And this is, a, this is an interesting story that ties right into Martha and Mary. And so... In the Good Samaritan, right, you have this guy who's been beaten. He's, he's half alive on the side of the road. And you have the priest that sees him and crosses on the opposite side of the road to neglect him. I'm too busy for that. I, I can't handle that. I, I'm studying my this. I, I got I to gotta be focused. I got too much on my plate. Then you have the Levite who, same thing, sees it. Oh, I'm going to go opposite direction I'm too big. I can't handle that. I got, I got way too much that's going on in my life. But right before that, Jesus is talking about loving your neighbor as yourself. And then comes the Samaritan. The Samaritan stops, puts oil on his wounds. He disinfects it. He cares for him. He brings him back to an inn. He gives the inn manager two days worth of wages. He says, take care of him. Make sure he's okay. He loved that man, that neighbor, just like himself. 
And I, I think that's, that's so hard. Sometimes I feel convicted because we, we are so important to disciple people in this life. We want to be able to disciple others, right? And I'm a leader at young adults, so I'm discipling people. And sometimes I'm like, I'll disciple. How are you doing, man? And, and then I just fall off. I'll be discipling. I'll, I'll, I'll be pouring in. And then I'll, I'll just get so caught up with all the other things. I, I forget to even follow up with that person that's how I was preaching the gospel to. Or somebody that maybe you talked to and met and poured into. Did you follow up with them? Did you go above and beyond to invite them back to coffee so you could keep nurturing that relationship? Keep trying to direct them towards what is important in life? Try to keep telling them about the gospel? It's so hard. It's so hard to, to have that time. It's so busy. But guys, discipleship, pouring into others, slowing down, following up with people. How are you doing, man? That goes, that, that will differentiate us as Christians from other people. We have that compassion. We're putting that person, we're loving him like ourselves. You know, back in the day, I, I was an actor. I would just prioritize myself so much in my acting career. It's wild to think about now because I just, it was all about me. I had no, I was not plugged into youth. I was not, I was going to church on Sunday, but I wasn't, I didn't have a solid group of guys that were really challenging me to strengthen my relationship with Jesus. Like Dom and Lucas here at the church, our youth directors, these guys are challenging the middle schoolers and the high schoolers, these guys, I mean, they're, they're breaking off into small groups. They're discussing the word. They're, they're praying fervently. They're worshiping. I mean, they're, they're going above and beyond. I didn't, I didn't have that. And I shouldn't make an excuse, but I, I just, it was all about me. And so now I think back, I'm like, man, my, where were my priorities? My career, your careers could be your top priority. Think about the priorities in your life and what you really care most about. And if God is number one in your life, then the action should follow. And you'll, you should be able to see the fruits. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Matthew 6, 33. Jesus is teaching us about prioritizing seeking his kingdom and righteousness above all else. And when we prioritize him, he promises that he is going to provide for us. It's just like George Mueller. He said the prayer with all of the kids and he didn't have any food for them, but he got up and he said the prayer anyway and he said, Lord, thank you for your provision. He knew there was no food on the plates for the children. He didn't have the food but he said, thank you, Lord, for providing. He had unwavering faith that the Lord was gonna provide. And then what happened? Knock at the door, the baker. Hey, I got some extra bread. I, I cooked it a lot last night. You guys need some food? Oh, praise the Lord. Yes, absolutely, come on in. Another knock at the door, dairy guy. <gasps> My cart just broke down. I got a bunch of milk. Y'all need some milk? Absolutely, praise the Lord. That's a true story. That's unwavering faith. Man, I, I, I love that. If we can have that, it's a beautiful thing. Just operate like that without the stress and the worries and always remembering the promises that the Lord has for us. And I love this in Colossians 2. It's Colossians 3, 2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. It's so important. Every single day I wake up, I wanna train myself to be able to prioritize 
God and his kingdom, have an eternal perspective on life. Every single day I have to wake up and remind myself, this is the game plan. I got this on my schedule, I got this, but Lord, I want to remind myself and thank you for reminding me through prayer and meditation that this is all about you, that everything in this life is temporary and that this life just, it goes like a blink of an eye. And to remind yourself about the eternal perspective, about the eternal rewards, heaven forever. God, I wanna do my work here on earth and forever's a long time in eternity. That's what it's about. This is a battlefield. Wake up every single day and remind yourself that this is a battlefield. Lord, give me boldness to boldly proclaim your word. Give me boldness to disciple people that so desperately need it. Lord, give me that ability wherever I go, I wanna be able to preach the gospel and have your words flow out of me and for people to look at me and see a little glimpse of who Jesus was. That's what we all should strive for. But the enemy is gonna do everything they can to be able to destroy you. This next slide is sharpen the gift of discernment and seek God's protection because busyness is the most detrimental tool that the enemy uses. Satan himself wants you distracted, he wants you busy, he wants you to have a full schedule of things to do every single day that have nothing to do with kingdom expansion. He wants you to be, I got, I got my to-do list, I got everything I gotta do. You can be so distracted, he loves that. He wants you to have a full schedule that has nothing to do with God's kingdom, with ministry, with discipleship. That's what he wants he doesn't want you to have room to have that time in the secret place with him. He doesn't want you to have room to be able to sit still and recognize that he is a sovereign God. He doesn't want you to be still and recognize that God has authority over him and to have a recognition that it's all spiritual war. It's not flesh and blood. It's funny because in our society, we really do think it's a good thing to be busy. We really do. We think it's good. Oh, I'm, how are you doing? I'm busy, bro. I'm busy. And I'm like, it, it's almost like we, we, we boast about being busy. And it's like this lie that in the back of our head where we think it's like, oh, I'm busy. I'm important. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, too, I'm busy, bro. I'm busy. I'm important. And let me just tell you right now that that is not the case. If you are busy, you are not important. And really nobody cares. Nobody cares. I'm, trust me, I've been there. I'm busy a lot. It's like, dude, nobody cares that you're busy. What people care about is your altruism. What people care about is if you're pouring into them. What people care about is your heart, you loving them like you love yourself. This whole, this whole beautiful, all these characteristics that the Bible maps out for us. The fruits of the spirit, that's what matters. Patience, kindness, trust, love, all of these things. These, these are the things that you wanna be remembered for. You don't wanna be remembered to be that person that was always busy. No, you, don't, you, you wanna be 
grounded in God's truth, relying on his wisdom, and you want to be able to resist the distractions of the enemy, and you want to stay focused on what truly matters in life. And maybe it's not ministry. Maybe, maybe you, you, know, you're, you have other things going on, but maybe it's with your resources. Or maybe you can serve in a capacity at your church as being a greeter. Or maybe you can help on the media team. Or maybe you could take pictures for little things like that that are, that are you're, you're prioritizing him. You're hanging around fellow saints. You're discipling. You're, you're around brothers and sisters that, that love Jesus. And to my next slide, busy, this acronym, being under Satan's yoke. You shouldn't like when you're busy. You shouldn't like when you're busy because you stop being kind. You stop being empathetic. You stop discipling people. You stop encouraging people. I'll never forget, even just recently, I was so busy prepping for my sermon and Dan came into my office, our camera operator, and I I felt so disconnected because he came in. I'm like, I don't have time to talk, man. It's like, dude, it's five minutes. Five minutes, he wants to check in and give you some love. It's like, and I'm disconnected. I'm not even thinking about him. I'm like, dude, I, I got to think about my, my sermon, bro. Get out of here. It's like, dude, chill. Chill. Dance here. He's the man. He's like operating camera one, comes every Saturday and Sunday. He's a legend. And I just, I felt bad. He left. I'm like, oh my goodness. I didn't, I don't think I was kind to him. <laughs> it's like, I just, everything fell off. But that's what happens Think about it. When you're the busiest you've ever been, all of it falls off. When you're frantic, you're like, you're a different person. So be aware of that. Your focus falls off. It robs you of your creativity. It robs you of our number one priority as Christians, which is carrying out the Great Commission. So guys, I don't, I was just talking to a friend at YA and we were talking about teaching and all of these things. And, and I know we're not all called to be pastors, but if you're a Christian, you are called to be a teacher because how are you going to carry out the great commission and to be able to boldly proclaim God's word and to be able to tell people about what Jesus did on that cross. And if they have questions to be able to answer those questions about the Bible, if you can't teach them. And I'm not saying everybody's got to be this crazy teacher, but if people come to you and they ask you questions, you better be able to have answers. And if you don't have answers, which a lot of times you won't, you can direct them to somebody that does, but you want to be prepared. You want to be equipped. That Bible that you have in your hand is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is not void. And let me tell you something. It's so important to be able to, to know the word. And that's what you're gonna get when you block everything out, all of the chaos and you're in the quiet place and you're renewing your mind in his word and you're not conforming to this world and you're sharpening and you're studying and you're memorizing and you're in it and you're talking about it with other people. That's why the anchored in the reading is so important for us. Guys, if you're not reading the anchored in the word series, please start and you can jump right in. It's our reading plan that we do as a church and it's a beautiful thing because if a lot of people, if we're all doing it together, we can all talk about it. Hey, how did you like Proverbs 19.1 about integrity? Well, my dad always talked about that. Or, oh, Acts, Stephen, he just got killed. I mean, how, dude, these, these early church fathers, I mean, these guys were so bold. I mean, that's the conversations that we're having as a staff because we're all reading the same thing. And it's, you have to talk about the word 
You have to talk about it with people. If you just think you're going to wake up and do a little one-minute Devo, you know, harvest Devo, and I love Greg Laurie, but if you're just doing a one-minute Devo in the morning and that's it, that's not enough. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I take an hour out of my time and I protect that time in the morning. Protect it at all costs. Start your day in the word. Finish the day with the word. In prayer and morning, in prayer all the time, training yourself to pray about the small things and finish your day off with prayer and thanksgiving. But I wanna ask you this question, and as I do, I'll, I can direct Micah to come back up for the worship. I, want, I wanna ask you this question, guys. And ask yourself this, how well do you truly know your Bible? How well do you know it? How much time a day are you in communion with God? Ask these two questions to yourself and the answer to those questions will tell you how much you prioritize God and it'll showcase what truly is important to you. And guys, we can all get better. I understand it's tough, but I want you to strive to continue to prioritize God. If you always say he's number one in your life, and he's at the top. We always say this, God's at the top, always. God, number one, family, then career. Okay, if you're gonna say that though, is he really at the top? Let's break down your time. Look at your phone and how much time you spend on your phone. Trust me, I get it. I looked at the time and how much I spent on Instagram. It's vile. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's, I can't even believe. But it's, it's, it's just sucking you in. So if, that, if you have to take a little break from that, you have to cut it off, replace it with a good habit, right? A good habit that is God honoring and I, I wanna challenge you tonight as you, as you leave through those doors, I want you to be reflecting on your schedule. And if you have to restructure that schedule to prioritize God as number one, I want you to do it. I want you to go home tonight. I want you to make a game plan. And I want you to say, this is, I'm gonna start something new here. This is my time in the morning. I'm protecting it. You know what? I've been on the fence about joining a midweek thing and a, a men's Bible study or a life group at a, a, you know, at, a, at a home group. I've been on the fence. Do it. Because going Sunday and Saturday, it's just not enough, guys. God wants more of you. You have to place God at the very top of everything. Don't get distracted that you miss the most important thing in life, which is to commune with him, which is to sit still at his feet and say, Lord, here I am. Use me in mighty ways, Lord. Guide my steps. I'm here. I'm cutting out all of the chaos of this crazy life and I wanna prioritize you. I wanna prioritize kingdom expansion. I wanna become more bold. I wanna be able to talk freely and open, openly about the gospel and what you did on that cross. And I repent for all my sins. Lord, I fall so short. I'm such a sinful and broken human being. And without you, I'd be an absolute disaster. But can't we be so stoked that the Holy Spirit is in us and we have him and we have his word as a rock of foundation in our lives. So pour out that love, guys. Sit at his feet, be silent. 
and make sure your priorities are intact. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this word. Thank you that throughout the busyness of life and the chaos and the tools of the enemy that they use to be able to distract us from what is important in life, which is to be with you, to sit at your feet, to be silent, hear from you, to worship you, Lord, to be able to renew our mind in your word. Help us. Lord, help us do that as we walk out these doors today. Lord, I, I pray for change for each and every individual to be able to restructure their schedule, to be able to protect those non-negotiables in their life that could strengthen their relationship with you. And I ask if there's anybody here that's overwhelmed, that can't handle it, Lord, that they can find peace in your word that life is just so crazy it's so chaotic we're all stressed about about the world and the government and joe biden and the world economic forum and all these crazy things lord that we're concerned about but lord we rest in knowing that you are a sovereign god and you have power over everything and that we can rely on you your word and your promises to us thank you lord for everything that you are doing through this ministry and through these people. I ask all of these things in Jesus' name, amen.